Hello, sweet sisters, and welcome to Cosmic Conceptions, a place where we acknowledge that women are of nature and the stars. My name is Athena, and I'll be your guide as we explore esoteric transmissions on fertility astrology, conscious conceptions, women's health, and more. Here we will not shy away from the radical, the controversial, or the spiritual. So grab your tea, and let's get cosmic. I'm really excited to bring today our interview with Raya. She was one of the first emails I got actually a few months ago, wanting to tell me her conception story and her pregnancy and birth story. And it just sounded so magical and cosmic that I knew that we had to share and be expanded by her experience. So Raya, thank you for coming onto the show and chatting with us. Um, can you introduce yourself by sharing with us your moon sign and your lineage on your mother's side? Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, my moon sign is Libra, I think. Um, and lineage from my mother's side. So I was born in Iran, and uh, my mother uh, was also born there, but they also from the Turkish part of Iran. Um, and it always, like, fascinated me because, like, my grandma speaks a different, like, dialect or language, and um, they always wanted me to learn it, but <laughs> I... I because, no, like, my dad speak, like, a different dialect and, like, the main language of, like, the whole country was, like, Farsi and, like, not, like, Azeri. So it never, like, got into me. Right. Yeah. Well, I love that. That's so, that's so nice, though, that you were born there. How many years did you spend growing up there? Um, I moved to Canada with my family when I was 16. So I was like a teenager and I visited there three times after that. Yeah. And I know and you're yeah. in the U.S. now, right? Because I think that's part of your story. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that. So why don't you start um, telling us your story wherever you feel like it's, it's the beginning point for you. Um, whether that's in preconception or if there's a connection to uh, your relationship to your fertility growing up or anything like that? Yeah, so um, I, as like a, I was like, a, I was always like a uh, literature lover and Persian literature is full of um, uh, like talk about nature and how nature is alive and is um, always constantly praying to the creator. And I took that as a sign that whenever I need something and like I feel lost or I need like a connection to the divine, I need to like be in nature and talk to nature. So um, I always talk to trees and like the river, the rocks, anything that I saw in the mountains or anything. <laughs> Uh, when we were in Toronto, there was a trail by um, our house, by our apartment that I always went to. And there was a, 
uh, river there. And anytime I feel the stress, the sad, just lost in the world, like anxious, I would just go there, cry my eyes out, meditate, pray, like anything to like make me feel better. Uh, so when the whole COVID thing is started, um, again, I had like nowhere else to go other than like walking in nature to like feel a little like grounded. And uh, when I sat by the river, I kept like um, thinking about that I need like a spiritual advancement. I need to like do something with my life that... Um, you know, helps me kind of like, like give me like new adventures, new um, um, side to like see the world in a better way and um, finally like settle down and know what I want to do with my life. And like um, when Canada said that they want to put like a travel ban on the unvaccinated, I was like, this is a sign, an adventure, and I just need to get out of this place. <laughs> so I booked a ticket um, to Denver, Colorado. I didn't know anyone. I just went there for the mountains. and was like, I start here and I start travel, have adventures and learn new things, you know. So I, Denver, Stayed in a hostel for a few nights, and then I realized that they have this work exchange program that, like, you work a certain hours, and then they give you a place to stay, like a big uh, bunk bed in a room with different people. I was like, cool. It works. So about, like, uh, three months and a half later, like, I was in, like, the casual relationship with this other guy. And we constantly talk about, like, oh, like, we don't know what's going to happen. So this is not really a relationship. It's just a friendship, whatever. And um, I was always, like, kind of like a holistic person that, like, no drinking, no alcohol, no smoking, anything like that, you know. But because of all the things that were, like, happening, like, mentally and like with my family and like finally for the first time like leaving my family and saying like I'm tired of being in a dictatorship kind of household and like I just want to live by my own rules and everything I was just like I'm here to have fun and party and like do whatever the rest of the people do and like not care about my health for the first time, not care about my future for the first time, like kind of what I wanted to do when I was like praying and like, I was like, yeah, I want to like be a better person and everything. Put all of those aside and I was like, yeah, now I'm a like party girl, whatever. Anyways. After like three months and a half, something like that, all of a sudden I was like, I should go back on my schedule and started doing yoga and meditating. And I was like, oh, I need to eat healthy now. No more going out. Like without like anything really like happening for me to have that change in my life. And um, 
around that time, like I was like kind of new to um, cycle charting. I wasn't really using it for like birth control or anything. I was just like doing it just to like practice and learn. So I was like, um, this is weird because my temperatures are not going down when they should be. I was like, huh. <laughs> and um, I just like, I was like, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. <laughs> and I looked back on my chart and I was like, yeah, I did have one protected sex when I was kind of potentially fertile, but I've done this before too. Nothing's going to happen. Taking Queen Anne's lace the next day, but uh, I didn't do it because nothing's going to happen. And um, <laughs> the thing is, like, I was kind of scared to take it because... I anything new I want to take, I'm scared, and I didn't um, have like an established relationship with it either. Like I'd seen it in the same trail I used to go to in Toronto, but never touched it, never like tried it. You know, I was I could never trust myself at that time to like identify an error and be like yeah this is what it is and i can't use it you know so even when i bought it from someone else i was scared of trying it because i was like oh what if i just die <laughs> you know um so i just let that go like that and i was like yeah i'm just gonna wait and see what happens so um maybe like a day or two after, like, my period was late. In the morning, I had this dream. I was in this room, like, like naked. And there was this little chipmunk, like, animal. was just, like, running around me and playing and jumping on me and, like, looked me right in my eye as if, like, it knew me and was, like, so happy to be around me. And... Like, at first, I was, like, kind of, like, okay with it, but it kept, like, getting closer to me and, like, jumping all over me. And then I was, like, what is going on? Like, get away from me. And I kind of, like, brushed it off. And the chipmunk, like, the chipmunk looked me right in my eyes with, like, tearful, like, super sad, how could you do this to me kind of eyes and screamed and exploded. And then there was, like, blood, like, everywhere, like, on my hands and, like, on all the walls. And, like, I felt so guilty. And I woke up and I was like, oh, my God, what was this dream? And you know how, like, <clears throat> in uh, dream interpretations, like, animals are either, like, your uh, inner child or intuition or they are, like, a sign of, like, children, <laughs> Like actual children. I was gonna ask, I was like, what is the significance of a chipmunk? Because I've never heard of such a dream in my life. Or even like spirit animals. Like no one is ever like, oh, a chipmunk came across my path and this is what it means. Yeah, so it was like it was I was like, this this should mean something. It's I remember it was one of those dreams that everything is so vibrant and so clear and like it feels so real. It's like I need to like do a test or something, like find out what's going on. And 
<clears throat> I did a pregnancy test and it was positive. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it was like so scary. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And like, I was like, this is not something I was prepared for. And like, I don't know if I really want to stay with this guy. I don't even really, I don't want to know if I want to be pregnant. I don't want to tell anyone. I just want to like end it and like never speak of it again. And as I was just like sitting by myself, like crying and like, oh, what should I do? What should I do? I, I was like, you know what? Like the people that you know here, the friends that you have are not like your family, like they're not really religious. They are not, um, judgmental in any way, you know, at least like talk about it and see what they say. Like you, you, you've prepared yourself for the worst, <clears throat> you know, you've heard like a lot worse things from your parents. Like what's the worst thing they can <laughs> tell you, you know? So I like talked to my friends and they were like super supportive and they were like, like, whatever, like the decision is yours. Colorado is like this and that and like whatever and like at least like talk to your like this friend of yours and see like what his opinion is I was like yeah okay so we talked and like he was like super sweet about it and I was like yeah um, I know like we've always said that this is not the time but sure I'm okay to take the challenge of like parenthood and just to start a family and i'm like okay sure and <laughs> still scary but okay and like as we talking he was like um uh, like um we didn't like i didn't really want to like um go to the uh doctor or anything at that time because they all want to do like an ultrasound and like all the tests and I was like I want to like keep it like minimum interventions and tests and everything so um I did not go to a doctor until I was like 18 weeks pregnant or something like that so we didn't really know the gender or anything until like around those times. And way earlier, um, I like maybe I was like eight weeks pregnant, something like that. I had this dream <clears throat> that me and uh, my husband were out shopping for baby clothes. And we were buying clothes for a baby boy. So when we finally went to the doctor, like my husband really wanted a girl and he was like, oh, I hope it's a girl. And I kept saying it and saying it and saying it and saying it. And everyone else, because he kept saying it, they were also were like, oh, it's probably a girl. It's probably a girl. It's like, no, no, I had this dream. And like, I can't really like say anything about it. Because <laughs> like, it was just a dream, you know, it's a 50-50 kind of chance. So um, we went and I like, got the 20 weeks like anatomy scan and they were like, yeah, it's a boy. <laughs> it's like, I told you. 
And like I still I kind of felt like um like even on up until that time I was uh not sure that if I still want to have the baby, you know, I was like this is not like what I wanted my pregnancy to be like, my like parenthood journey to be like. I wanted to get, like, get ready six months before that, set intentions, do it like on this, this special day, you know, just like all the things that I wanted to do. And it just happened on its own, even like no one was ready. And I kept like, I felt like really like, guilty about it and I didn't want to like tell my parents that I'm pregnant either so it was just like my immediate friends that knew and my sister who I was like do not tell anyone (laughs) and um so when we were like talking with my husband like weeks before like we even knew like the gender of the baby he was like let's uh, name him River, and I had never like told him anything about me like talking to like rivers and stuff because I was like people gonna think I'm like crazy or something. This like, when he was like let's let's name him River. I was like, oh, I mean, if it's a girl, yeah, but River for a boy is kind of weird, you know. He was like, doesn't matter what the gender is, his name or her name is going to be River. I was like, okay, sure, whatever you say. And then uh, I said I still lived at a hostel at that time until I was like seven or eight months pregnant. I think eight months. Seven months pregnant, I, I <laughs> lived at a hostel. So I was um, just going like for a walk around the hospital and I remember that there is like a river in that area. So I walked there and I was just like thinking to myself and like talking like to the river and then I was like, oh, the adventure that I was asking for, which was not having a baby and becoming a mother, but this is still an adventure. And I wasn't really specific in my manifestations and the universe just gave me whatever it wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is something that will put me in a whole different path of becoming mature and a series of adventures. <laughs> everlasting adventures <laughs> and I was like yeah I guess River is the perfect name because that's why I'm in this place and in situation in the first place so at that time I was like this is what it was meant to be you know all the uh, planning and everything it doesn't always work the way you want it to, you know, it, sometimes you are given what you have to do and you don't have, you don't have a choice, 
<laughs> you know, if, if you want to be happy. Yeah. You know, and it also doesn't make it also doesn't make the experience any less special, right? Because I feel like yeah. I had you know a very similar story with my daughter where I was not prepared or preparing for her whatsoever, and also felt the guilt of like, oh, I didn't get my precious six months. To I don't know why it's six months, but okay. So it's like, oh, I didn't get my six months to like prepare my body to get pregnant and make it this whole ritualistic special thing. And then, you know, somehow we let that like really like kill the vibe. <laughs> Yeah. For like, for like, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it does make it, I guess the, the, the biggest um, challenge I think with that is that it does seem to contribute to like the beginning of the pregnancy being a little bit difficult to like come to terms with and settle into and embrace because, you know, it's a massively life-changing transition and, you're not preparing for it at all. It's like, it would be like if you just woke up one day and you woke up on the other side of the planet and like you were totally not preparing for that move. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's shocking. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I, I felt guilty about doubting that I want a kid or no. And like, I remember the first few days, uh, before telling anyone, I kept saying, oh, I don't want this child. I don't want this child. And after I finally accepted that, yes, I'm going to like continue with the pregnancy for now, I felt guilty that I'm giving all these like, negative vibes to my unborn child. And, you know, I really didn't want you, but here we go, you know. Uh, but, huh. It's, it's the curse of, of mother's guilt. It's, yeah. it's like you have to learn very early on that there's really no place for guilt in motherhood because, first of all, it just serves nobody. And second of all, everything is unfolding perfectly as it should. And even the ways in which we, quote unquote, screw up are for the learning and the expansion of both ourselves and our children. Um, and are absolutely meant to be in place for our evolution. Yeah, yeah. It was hard to, like, come to terms with them. Like, I accepted it, but I don't regret, like, anything. Like, um, and, like, we, um, me and my husband were thinking about it, and despite me saying that, yeah, I, this is not what I consciously wanted, both of us were like, I kind of knew this is how I'm going to get pregnant. Like, even like, you know, yeah, I much rather it be a surprise than a whole process of doing this and that and that, that you know. Um, so, yeah, after that, um, um, going getting the ultrasounds and everything so I kept like just skipping um, appointments because they were like yeah I do this this and do that and do that and I was like yeah no 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 and uh, so my midwife at the hospital they were like not happy with me like just skipping appointments and they were like yeah like is there something like um, 
like in your way obstacle anything that doesn't that you are like skipping appointments i was like yeah no i was just like moving and stuff that's why and they were like yeah so your due date is at this time and uh if you go past your due date like we want to like uh induce you for whatever reason you didn't even give me a reason they were like yeah if it doesn't happen for the due date we have this um scheduled induction day and i was like cool cool good for you <laughs> and i just cancel 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 i was like i want a home birth first of all and i do not i, I mean why <laughs> so what do i'm so um, curious because i um you know it seems like you were very like a very large part of you was committed to avoiding having a medicalized pregnancy and yet you still kind of had like one toe within all of the appointments. And I'm curious about like how you navigated that split. Like, did you ever identify sort of what your reasoning was for kind of being like half in half out? You know, I, but my parents, both of them were in the medical field and they always talked about all the things that can go wrong, you know? At the okay, same that makes a lot time, of sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the same time, I kind of feel like um, all the advancements that we have in science is like good, but in a limited version, you know? And um i even though i wanted like a wide pregnancy and everything i still wanted the affirmation and the validation that everything is fine you know because i i kept worrying and worrying and worrying that oh what if like you know there's something wrong <coughs> or any you know i was like worried all the time and i talk to my son, I was like, I just get like one ultrasound and that's it. And that's it, you know? I just want to, like before, like the 23rd weeks, that's when they say you can like end the pregnancy or whatever. <clears throat> I do one ultrasound before then, if everything was fine, then cool, you know, that's it. Cause like I wasn't still like worried, and I I wasn't still like even at that time I wasn't sure if I even though I was I told like all my friends that like, yeah I'm pregnant I'm going with the pregnancy I wasn't still like in doubt. Um, but uh yeah, so I canceled most of my appointments and. It was, I think, around three weeks before my due date that I I was scrolling on Instagram and I saw that there was going to be two eclipses, one solar and one lunar. Um, I think the solar eclipse was on October 25th and then the lunar one was a few weeks after that. And then I took a nap immediately and I had this dream that I was just like walking around talking to people and that thing got dark and I was like oh that's the solar eclipse and it passed and I 
things went on and on and on. And again, I was looking out the window in my dream and I saw that the moon got dark or whatever that was in the sky. Something happened. And then uh, in my dream, my baby was born. So I woke up and I checked the calendar and I was like, oh, um, the lunar eclipse is five days past my due date. <laughs> I was like, huh, could it be when my baby's going to be born? It was, oh, let's see. So time went up by and by and by and my due date passed and uh, my baby wasn't born yet. I was like, huh, okay, and continued and continued, and uh, I went into active labor just a few hours before the lunar eclipse started. I even walked out and looked at the moon, and I was like, oh, cool. Oh, that's <laughs> so then, exciting. <laughs> How cool. Hours later in the morning, like, my baby was born. I was like, oh, interesting, so... I, like, I literally, like, knew it in my dream. Like, everyone, like, I was just going out and hanging out with my friends, like, around my due date. And they were like, yeah, so when are you here? I was like, today was my due date. <laughs> they were like, why are you here? I'm like, I'm not going to get a person to, like, eight, so. <laughs> I'm like, just hanging out for now. And, uh. Uh, the interesting thing is, like, in Iran, there's this thing that pregnant women should not look at eclipses, especially lunar eclipse. And if should not touch their belly in any way, because the baby is, the baby is going to have a birthmark or it's going to, like, look like a monster or something. But that's, funny- that's so interesting, actually, because I know, you know, in fertility astrology, it's not advised to conceive during eclipse season. And mm. I'm sure there's a bunch of there's a ton of lore in different cultures about why one wouldn't want to do that. But I haven't heard anything about like giving birth within the eclipse season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like I always um, take everything like. I don't know. I as much as I believe in it, at the same time, I'm like, it's, it could just be a coincidence, you know. Like, I don't like to like look at it as a set in a stone thing. And even though like there was this thing about looking at the eclipse, and um, the first time I uh, felt my baby kick was also during a, a lunar eclipse. So, and it was like in my 14th week of pregnancy, I think, and everyone was like, oh, you won't feel it until like you're 16 or 20 weeks. And like, I was like at 14 weeks and like feeling the kicks and everything. And the first time happened during like the lunar eclipse. It was like, well, my baby is pretty aligned with the moon, I think. Like, I don't know why everyone. Everyone talks about all this like scary stuff. He seems pretty cool. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, so I hadn't told my parents uh, until like two weeks before I was like due or something. Like oh my god! <laughs> and, you know, and, but I I knew that if I 
tell them there would be a lot of interventions from them, I would not be able to have a home birth because they were like, oh, what? You want to like have your baby at home? And like, I wouldn't tell them if they hadn't brought the subject up themselves, you know? Um, I called them for a total different reason and they were like, you sure you're not pregnant? I was like, you're a little too late, but yes, I am. I have a baby in two weeks. And they were like, oh, what? And when I told them, they were like, they were like, um, around the time of um, the conception, both my mom and my dad, in the same night, they had a dream that I have a baby. And they were like, my mom was like, yeah, I had a dream that you have a really white baby boy because my husband is from the States. Oh, He's not my like goodness. He's no way. Yeah, my mom was like, I dream that you have a really white baby boy and you're like sitting down and look at, looking at him like this. And my dad also dreamed that I have a kid on the same night. I was like, well, that's crazy because he... <laughs> told you like you can't have privacy in these days anymore <laughs> uh like well. like at that time they didn't even know i have like a boyfriend or anything because it wasn't like a relationship relationship you know we're just like uh, i don't know friends with benefits or what people like to call it, it <laughs> like Months before they had the dream that, yes, I'm going to have a kid. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. So clearly this gift runs in your family. <laughs> the gift of dreams. Apparently. Yeah. Wow. So what was, um, when did you decide that, I mean, I guess you kind of were sort of already deciding not to give birth in the hospital, was there like a specific point in which you were fully committed to staying at home? Um, I know from the beginning, I, like I was studying to become a doula, like from like a year before, and but I I went to art school, and in art school I found a book, a photography book, and one of the artists that I found in that book. Um, used to do like um, Natalie Natalie Leonard I think she does like the uh, Undisturbed Birth series and um, so I was really interested in her work and it was like a new thing for me at that time I was like oh there are people who don't go to the hospital to have babies that's interesting (laughs) so like from like a few years before that, I kind of like got into the whole like home birth, natural birth um, thingy. And like, I decided to become a doula. That's why I started like cycle charting and everything. That was my whole oh, plan. Okay. Like, yeah. like, you know? And like, I was into the like the whole holistic health world from like a few years before that. But when I wanted it, like the the 
most important time that I always thought that I'm gonna stick to all the holistic rituals that I had. I just abandoned all of them and it went like crazy kinda. And it was as magical and spiritual as I wanted it to be, you know? So Aww, and what was the birth like? Do you are you open to sharing what your birth story was? Yeah. Um it was funny for me at least. So it was like a, I I wished for a shorter labor. I always like I was like oh I hope it only takes three hours because I don't know how it's going to be and I was scared and so the early labor lasted for like three days I think from like the things are starting up. And I felt, like, really super good, and I felt like, oh, I'm high, and all the lights were, like, flashing, and I was like, this is, like, the best feeling I've had the whole, like, <laughs> my whole life. And, like, so, when the <clears throat> um, labor started, I had, like, all the contractions, I called, like, um, my, like, birth keeper, and she was, like, I'd be there in, like, half an hour. And yeah, we were just like listening to music, and then I just felt like really emotional. And I was like, I'm going in the bathroom, I close the door, and no one's gonna talk to me. And I had, I kind of all these like emotions and thoughts and everything, and for hours and hours and hours. I think it only lasted like 12 hours, which is not like that long, but. To me, it was like an eternity. I was like, oh my God, this is taking too long. And um, um, I don't know. I was just like, I was happy to be at home. But like when I kind of got into the transition and like everything was like hurting so bad, I was like, I just want to go to the hospital. I don't care. I just want that fucking epidural in me right now. <laughs> I want this baby out right now, and this is going to be the last time that I'm having a kid. <laughs> and like, I was just like screaming all these things with anger, and my husband was just like sitting there, like laughing at me. That you always say you want five kids, but now you're like, oh, this is the last one. <laughs> And you want to go to the hospital? Like, he was the one who was like, oh, no, we should go to the hospital. And I was like, I'm not doing it, you know? He <clears throat> he kept, like, trying to convince me to, like, go to the hospital. It was, like, not happening. So they were, like, kind of, like, laughing at me. And even though I kept saying, oh, I, I just want to go to the hospital, this voice you know you don't want to go to the hospital and you know even if you go there you're not gonna get an epidural you know you know that you're not gonna get it like that's why you tolerated all these things and didn't tell anyone and like try you know keep it a secret until like you have a baby i just remember that my mom like when i told her that I'm pregnant. She was like, oh, I'm buying a ticket and I'll be there, make sure I'm there before the birth. And I even gave her like a few days later. I was like, my due date is at 11th of November. It was at 3rd. <laughs> so, so, and she was like, yeah, I'll be there 
on the eighth, and I was like, "This baby needs to come out before my mom is here." So I gave birth like just a few hours before my mom got <laughs> home. Like, oh wow! To make sure my mom does not come here to get take me to the hospital, and it worked perfectly. But <laughs> yeah, was it crazy? And uh, so yeah, when I was in labor and everything, and I was like, this is taking too long, and I felt like tired, and I, I, I was like, I just want to be done with it. And um, I was in that state that I was, I was thinking about my grandma from like my father's side, because she had 11 children all um, at home because she used to be living in um, like a small village in Iran and they didn't have really like medical settings or anything at that time, you know. So she had 11 savers and like I was like just thinking about her. And um, I was like trying to like like communicate with her like a spirit and it was like please like like I need the help right now and um you like I you were like one of the reasons that I found the strength in myself to like have like a home birth and um like an unassisted birth and please if you can like talk to the spirit of my baby, please let him know that he is welcome and loved and like he can like come to this world anytime he wants. And as I said that, like after like a minute or two, like my baby was born and I was like, oh my God, they actually hear me. <laughs> Aw, that's beautiful. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wow. And so how are you feeling about your cosmic fertility moving forward? Are you are you going to go on to have five kids or <laughs> is this your only one? <laughs> it's a, it's um, debatable. So my husband has to kind of agree with it too, but we we want more than one for sure. Yeah. He says two on like at least three, but we'll see. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's sweet. Well, right yeah. before we close, do you, I want to ask you a question that I ask all my guests? Mm -hmm. What does motherhood mean to you? Uh, it's. I feel like it's a lot working on myself that I thought. I find myself getting triggered with a lot of things and um, it's a lot of like heavy emotions because of like how like I I see that a lot of my parenting like approaches are the same that like my mother had and I'm like that's not how I want to parent you know <clears throat> Like, I love my mom and everything, but at the same time, there were a lot of, like, issues and traumas that no one wanted to speak about or even acknowledge that they exist, you know? And uh, 
I want to have like a very different approach. And <clears throat> when these triggers happen, I'm like, okay, that's something for me to like reflect back on and like change, you know, just hope for the best because <laughs> it's, it's a lot of like trial and error and, um, the kids are not always going to be happy with what you did, you know, even if you try your best. So, going to put the effort and also hope for the best. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And for paying Substack subscribers, you'll be able to check out uh, Raya's chart reading. We're about to record that right now. And the link to that will be in the show notes. So until next time, see you all later. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>